The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP. A John pause with me today. Two very special guests, Hale Collins and Vic Delicious of the great tag team, the ISPW Tag Team Champions, The Now. Guys, what's going on? How you doing? Thank you so much for having us, John. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome to have you guys on. What have you guys been up to? I know, obviously, uh, a lot, but what have you guys been up to lately? I guess Vic will go first. Oof, man, we... Uh... You know, this last probably six months has been absolutely crazy in ISPW. We had the opportunity to uh, um, kind of break through there as a tag team again and like in, into New Jersey, which is something that we haven't been able to do for uh, a real long time. And the opportunity came up where we were able to wrestle um, Cheeseburger and um, LSG. And then from there, it kind of ended up and we got a tag team championship opportunity and we just jumped all over it. And uh, now here we are, the ISPW tag team champions. And I, I feel like we were just like uh, kind of settling into that. And the announcement came where we were going to get the opportunity to be in the Crockett Cup. So um, the NWA Crockett Cup in Nashville, Tennessee this weekend against a team we've never faced before. One of the best tag teams in the world, the Briscoe Brothers. Very, very cool. I, I feel like, man, like what a crazy announcement because you didn't know who was in the Crockett Cup. You didn't know if they, who they knew, you know, from wherever, Northeast, if we you know where they're picking guys from. But uh, hell, I mean, that's got to be awesome. Crockett Cup. Yeah, man. It's, it's like, it's kind of like surreal, you know, because like, you know, Vic and I, um, you know, we've been tag teaming for, you know, well, 17 years now. I mean, it's been a long time. We, I mean, I don't know how long really. So it's 2005. Um, but like we always want to wrestle the best teams there is, the best teams there was, and the best teams there will be, you know. So like, um, we finally, finally get an opportunity to wrestle the Briscoes and um, 
we wanted this match. I want to say since 2008, when we were on this little run in Chicago, and they were around, so we went on the radio and said, we want to challenge the Briscoes, you know, and it never happened. But uh, we went after them for a very long time, um, and it's a complete honor to get in the ring with such a great team. And I can't wait to show the world, um, like, one of the best-kept secrets of tag team wrestling. Very cool. How did it come about, Vic, with the Briscoes? Like, how did did Billy Corgan reach out? Was it Pat Kenny? Who, like, reaches out and says, hey, we want you part of the Crock Cup? And by the way, first round, Briscoe Brothers. Yeah, we uh, we we submitted our information. We told them we were available oh. that weekend and be available for consideration. And we kind of knew um, what the what the kind of field was and who was out there. And we just knew that what we were putting out there at this time was – um, high quality stuff. We're in the best shapes of our career. We, you know, we're rocking and rolling as best as we ever have. So it was a really great opportunity timing wise for it all to really line up for us. And uh, we were directly contacted by Pat Kenny, who just told us, hey, you're in. And it didn't matter who we were wrestling. It did not matter at any point. And they yeah. said, you're in. And we were like, cool. It goes right to the Briscoes. Huh? Mother yeah. cuts in the chase. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, well, then, yep, all right, well, let's do it. So we're going to – this is something we've asked for our whole careers. We want to have the biggest stage, the biggest opportunity, the, all the attention on us, and this is the time where um, now or never. We, we know we've, we've wanted to be in this position, and we've been ready for this position our entire careers, and now it's right in front of our face, and we're going to take it. Hale, what is it about the Briscoes? You know what I mean? You mentioned you wanted to wrestle them since 08. Obviously, to me, especially being a Northeast guy, they used to go to all the ROH shows. Like, man, like, man, these guys are like the best tag team in the world that people aren't saying are the best tag team in the world they should be saying. But what was your thoughts on the Briscoes and why, you know, why is it so important for you to get in with them? Well, they were like, you know, they were the team for a very long time. You know, um, if you got to wrestle the Briscoes, you got to wrestle the best. And they've been the best for a very long time. And they, they've been locked into Ring of Honor since uh, since I've been doing, like, ring – since I was doing ring crew for them in, like, 2004 or 2003. So, like, you know, um, and and I was watching them wrestle live, and I was like, man, these guys are it. So when Vic and I were, like, going through competition down south, you know, um, wrestling, wrestling great teams and everything, we, we just really wanted to get to – to work to wrestle them you know there's a couple other teams out there but the briscoes are like i i want to say number one um guys we want to wrestle right now and it's like you throw out there in the atmosphere you know and, and it just happened man it's like i actually couldn't believe we were, we were the guys to go up against them and it's like a surreal moment so it's pretty awesome yeah very cool Vic, with the Briscoes, I mean, you, you guys obviously go back a ways and they've kind of avoided you the whole time. But what do you think about, you know, finally getting your chance to wrestle the Briscoes? It's a perfect storm. It really is. It's the, uh, the perfect match at the perfect time for us in our careers and for them in their careers. You know, they... They've had a storied career. They've had a storied history in Ring of Honor. They've had a storied career all throughout the world in tag team wrestling. And they've gotten their flowers plenty of times. They're going into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. And they're at the point in their careers where they feel as though, you know, they've they've faced them all. And where they're planning on going is to the final round in the Crockett Cup and take what's rightfully theirs. And 
what we've always wanted is some competition and we've always wanted to wrestle teams that weren't afraid to get physical. We've always wanted to wrestle teams that could compete with us athletically, physically, mentally, uh, psychologically, all that stuff. And those dudes are right there with us. So what we plan on doing this past, this weekend is challenging ourselves, first of all, against the best tag team in the world. If we say that we are the best and we should be wrestling against the best and we're going to get a chance to see if we are as good as we think we are. And it's also a chance on the stage where Hale and I will get an opportunity to finally show a whole lot of people who said that we would never get there, that we're there. A whole lot of people who told us that we should just give it up and pack it away and just this whole thing's passed you by. The thing about the now is that it's always now. The time never passes us by. We only get better. We only get more now. Man, that's great. Doing this, that's so true. It's so true. And after doing this for 20 years, we are the most now we've ever been. And I right feel now. really, really sorry for those dudes who don't see it coming because you're going to find out when you're in there against two really, really hungry now now competition that we're not just going to roll over and let you get to the second round that that's our opportunity that is our chance we are the ispw tag team champions representing it in the nwa crockett cup and i'm not going to come back home and be embarrassed i'm not going to go back to our home promotion and look like we were failures we're going to go back as the kings of that tournament couldn't agree with you more Vic. I love I it. Great would, <laughs> Hale, what do you think about just the prestige of the Crockett Cup? Obviously, going back to NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions, does that mean a lot to you? The Just the lineage and the legacy of the Crockett Cup? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I cut out there for a second. Just the legacy of the Crockett Cup. Does that mean a lot to you? Yeah. I mean, what was that? Uh, Vic, refresh my memory. Was it LOD one, or World War yeah. one night to the first one in 1984, yeah. right? Hell I'm not really good with my memory, but um, and that's yeah, right there. The state, 85, right yeah, they there. won the first one. Um, the best of the best, and I mean, obviously, this is going to put us on the map, you know. So, um, yeah, of course, it means a lot to us. It's going to be historic. We make we finally get on a platform that we wanted to for so long. Like we want, we were on a stage where we wanted to get to so bad to show everybody that we are one of the best, and I can't wait to prove it. And I can't wait to prove it at that caliber of a tournament like it's so surreal to me to this day but I, I i know you know i know the briskers are focused on you know the hardys the and ftr and all that hmm. but they, they better they better not be apollo and we're the rockies you know Vic, what do you think about just the history and the lineage of, of the crock cup obviously road warriors are the first ever winners but what would you, what are your thoughts like you're basically you know you're stepping back into creating a new legacy for you know an, an old thing that had great lineage yeah, well, our favorite thing to say is that we go back into the now. And the NWA is, is one of the most perfect places for our abilities to be showcased. And the Crockett Cup is going to give us an opportunity to wrestle in kind of like our style. You know, if we were going to wrestle the Briscoes at Ring of Honor, we would be at a more of a disadvantage because it's kind of their house. It's their... Um, they're comfortable there and they know that they can bend those rules a little bit. They can get a little bit crazy, but in the NWA, man, pure wrestling 
is appreciated. It's rewarded. And that's one thing that we have stood for our whole careers. You know, we've been trained by the best. I was trained by Johnny Rods. You know, I was trained by Dr. Tom Pritchard in Ohio Valley Wrestling, Rip Rogers and uh, Dory Funk Jr. And we've had every trainer held was under Dr. Tom. I mean, we've had trainers from top to bottom, the best that there ever were in this business. So we know what the history and the legacy of to be even considered in that field and with those teams and with this opportunity in front of us, man, like it's not something that we take lightly. It's not something that we like don't appreciate we know that there's not a tremendous amount of tag team tournaments that even happen across this planet, you know, and to even get a slot in that is such a big win and such a big recognition of um, where we're at that it's hard not to just be like, wow, this is really awesome. You know, we're going to, we're going to be on that t-shirt. We're on those brackets. We're in this tournament. We're and we're going to win. Our mark is made. Yeah. That's what I was just going to get to is like, you know, we're cool with that part of it. But, like, I'm so hungry for getting to the end of that and for proving everybody wrong. Like, that's a hell of a thing to have on your back, man. I'm not sure if you've ever had to prove anybody wrong for a bunch of things, but we sure got a ton of things that we have to prove to people who said we'd never get where we're going to get to. So many people. And I'm so ready for that, that the smile that you're going to see on my face on Saturday when we walk out there, it's going to be so genuine and so real because now at the best point of our career, we're going to get to show everybody in the number one tournament in the world, what we're all about as the ISPW tag team champions too. It's pretty bad. Hail, Hail it's actually 1986. The road warriors won. That was the first ever one. 86. I said 85, but it was 86. Just to see what happens, see what happens when you're always living now. You're not really good at dates because <laughs> you're always living right yeah. now. You know? Yeah, but that's true. I appreciate the correction. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> When you think about it, though, like the Crockett Cup in general, and you think about LOD, and then, and then like fast forwarding it to now, it's pretty crazy to think like, wow, they're still having a Crockett Cup in 2022. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. I think it's pretty a, a great time for it too, because like everything then is becoming now again. If you yeah. if you know what I mean, so mm-hmm. it's like it's like you know history comes full circle, and it's like it's pretty awesome that like to be a part of such a history thing, man. You know, it's like. You know, um, you know, Vic and I always live in it now, but this is a good, good opportunity to jump out and you know, live a little bit of history. You know, Vic with Doctor Tom, I do a show with him. I know him very, very well for for years. Give me a good Doctor Tom story, or maybe some good advice from him. I always hear from guys that he can be, you know, very sarcastic to them, but when he is telling them something, he means it. Like he's got a good advice, a good story for the guys. Ooh, man, I could tell you probably a thousand doctors. Well, you got stories. chocolate ice cream and then you got vanilla. <laughs> that's what I was that's what I was gonna go with. I gotta go with flavors <laughs> ice cream. That's the number one Dr. Tom story is that pro wrestling is like flavors ice cream and uh his favorite flavor is Rocky Road. We all know that. But yep. your favorite flavor could be peanut butter swirl and his could be uh you know whatever. Uh, whatever kind of ice cream pro wrestling is that way and it, it was at a point in my career where I needed like perspective and like a lot of times you're focused on early in your career what you're doing wrong and Dr. Tom had a way of explaining to us that necess- you weren't necessarily doing anything wrong you know as long the, the fans aren't there for um, the booking meeting so you're able to go out there and perform and if it um, doesn't go exactly how you thought it was going to go 
if it still came out pretty darn good, then you still made ice cream. And um, some people don't like every version of ice cream. Some people don't like to try all the flavors. Some people just like their vanilla or some people are just chocolate. But that analogy from Dr. Tom stuck with us both, I feel, for um, our whole career. And, you know, maybe someday we could come on and do a whole Dr. Tom thing because uh, he was very instrumental at the very beginning of my wrestling career for getting me to where I um got to Ohio Valley Wrestling. I remember the day Dr. Tom called me and booked me for my first dark match against Sean O'Hare in 2003. And uh, the camps that we used to go to and him and I, uh, Aaron Stevens and I used to wrestle Dr. Tom camps all the time. And I actually saw Hale for the first time that we were friends growing up but for the first time at like wrestling, wrestling out in the world was at a Dr. Tom camp. We were both at the same one at the same time. So um, that was a long time ago, man. So we got tons and tons. The reason we went down to the South was Dr. Tom. And, um, tons and tons and tons of Dr. Tom stories. But um, one of the absolute best of explaining psychology and why you're doing what you're doing. And he's such an untapped source in 2022. It's crazy. Hale, uh, I think he always says he loves Rocky Road, but not a lot of other people do. Like, you know, you know people like other things besides just Rocky Road. You know, like you said, vanilla, I like, you know, chocolate or whatever. You know, he, he, it's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. It stuck with us. And I, and I, used to go, I used to, I went to multiple Dr. Tom camps throughout the Northeast, you know. I always attend to them. I always be like, a, I always stuck to my glue. Every time he announced one, I would attend to it. You know, you always learn something different. You work different people. Sometimes he puts you in a room with really good people. Um, so the more you got familiar with it, the more he would trust you, you know. And um, I swear, every time he opened up a camp, he would talk about, you know, there's different styles of wrestling. You got your vanilla, you got your chocolate, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's not for everybody, but, you know, it's different styles and you got to mix them, you know. And So it's uh, it's just something that always stuck with me, you know. So you got, like, the Ring of Honor style, then you got the Southern style. You got the, you know, California, you know, out, you know, West style. It's like you got the European style. You got all these different styles, you know. And um, and uh, one, of our, one of our specialties is that we love the Southern style, you know. We love it because, uh, you know, Dr. Tom actually was kind enough to hook us up with a, like a tour down south. And um, now 2006, seven, right, Vic? Was that the time? Yep. 2006, 2007. Um, and we traveled. We did six different shows every week, six different travel, different states. We had one day off, which was Monday. Uh, that was our income. That was how we survived, you know, um, state to state, show to show. And it wasn't for him. That was never what happened because he introduced a couple of promoters down there. We moved down there, moved down to uh, – Dalton, Georgia, traveled the uh, southern scene and um, did it for what? A good year, good year and a half. You know, it's, it was it was awesome. It was a great experience. Got to learn how to just you know go out there and just do it. If you know what I mean, you know. It's funny if you think about Doctor Tom. Him and the Heavenly Bodies wrestled Rock and Roll Express in 1993, Super Bowl 93, WCW Survivor Series 93, WWF. One was down south, obviously. One was in Boston for the WWF. He was saying. Same style match, WCW great, WBF I thought was great, but the crowd wasn't as into it. He was saying, pretty funny, the Southern style of tag match like didn't get over in Boston the way it did down south for WCW and Super Bowl. So I said, you know, it is funny if you think because it, it's like you guys are wrestling Smoky Mountain, you're super over. He's like, I don't know, WBF you know, they like this. They kept us around for a few years, but it didn't get over that Southern style of tag wrestling. It's a completely different style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, sometimes up, up, up north, you got to kill yourself, maybe. 
down south, you don't really gotta kill yourself. Uh, yeah. Was, it's more I feel like they did almost a, like a very same match or similar match, but definitely way better reaction down yeah. south than WWF at Survivor Series. Like it was like, eh, okay, you know, they yeah, weren't as into it. Yeah, I don't like giving away secrets, but it's like you know, you tell a better story down south sometimes, you know, and um, that's what it's all about. And you can turn everything into something. Life moves a lot slower in the South than it does in the Northeast also. And that's not a, a knock on the South at all. And I happen to even enjoy that, but it's, um, you know, the, the person at the bank moves just a step slower and the person who's serving you their coffee is moving a step slower than they are in the Northeast where everybody is hustle and bustle and onto the very next thing. And very seldom does somebody ever like want to hear your story in the Northeast when you're just in talking to them or just meeting somebody casually in the South, everybody's got a story. Everybody loves a good story. They want to be along for the ride and they want you to take them on that story. And wrestling is so great for that. Um, in all of the environments and small town living in the South is, um, you know, it's, it, it's how this country is run. It's not like big city living up in the North, you know, you get, a local high school down there. That's all there is around for a hundred miles. And um, you tell them there's going to be pro wrestling there. And that's how you get some really great fans who come out and they're enjoying every single thing. And they're into every minute of it. And they have wrestling in so many different venues and so many different places. And I mean, when you want to talk about with Dr. Tom, he had us wrestling in a place in Alcoa, Tennessee that had a dirt floor and he made he we were on after his match i mean this is after he had his wwe run and everything and he was just doing these indie shows and dr tom pritchard crawled past us through the curtain on his hands and knees on a dirt floor in front of like <laughs> 10 fans just because he was selling it all the way to the back everyone believed which they should have because it was real tell yeah right right <laughs> just remember standing there before we were going through the curtain. And it was very early in our run in the South because he had gotten signed back to uh, Florida championship at that time. And he was out of there. But yeah, I remember just the profoundness of like Dr. Tom on his hands and knees crawling past me. And I'm like, well, if, if he's going to sell like that here in front of 10 people, like we have no excuse. Like it's over the top. It's, you sell until you get to your car. And I mean, there were times when we wrestled in places in Knoxville and stuff. They didn't take us out of there in the trunk of a car because people hated us. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> they hated us in some places. <laughs> so they believed very, very much in 2007. No, it was probably one of the best times of my life was wrestling down south because, man, when Rick and I used to, have to get escorted out by the police, you know, and when I first went down there, I mean, I hated it because. I, I was I was used to going a million miles an hour, like full speed ahead, like boom, boom, like no time, just fucking get to the next thing, get the next thing, get the next thing down south. It's like, hey, how's everybody doing today? <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, I don't know, really. I, I don't know if I feel comfortable how slow things are down here. It's not a bad slow. It's like everyone's more relaxed. Everyone's, now, now that I'm a little older, I think I want to move down there. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's a good you know pace. what Dr. Tom used to do with, uh, well, Jimmy Del Rey was a tag move, but I used to, I bust his balls about it. He had him for a DDT and Jimmy Del Rey would clothesline him. So he'd go down. He's like, yeah, psychology wise, not a great, it looks awesome, but psychology wise, I had to bust his balls. Like, so your own partner is beating you up so you can nail a DDT on the other guy with more, more force. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Hey, we, we stole a couple heavenly body spots. Uh, we do like oh. the, the uh, partner press moonsault and we do uh pick your partner up, throw the leg drop kind of thing. And 
Um, uh, sweep, go through the legs, grab the arm, grab the leg, come over the clothesline. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah. Heavenly yes. bodies had some great spots, and we always did it. It was almost like we were trying to pop them to get a reaction at that. He never popped in the matches. That <laughs> even no sell it every time. No sold it every time. All those moves are awesome, though. They're such good tag team maneuvers. I, I love those. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's, it's good. Uh, great heat spots. Yep. And, and we can always go back. A lot. Missing a lot in today's wrestling, too, as far as tag wrestling, I think. A lot of those spots. Like, teams got to yes. develop more. Yeah, Vic, and, Vic like and I, that. one of our favorite things to do was like create a new heat spot every time we wrestled. You know, yeah, yeah, so that was more Vic than me. Vic was that more creative one about it. I like that. The Vic, what's the, like the mindset a... there? Just, you, you got to keep it fresh. Like, you want to just create new different yeah, it's heat just, spots. It just challenges us, you know, and like, um, and so the best you got to make it so the referee doesn't see it, of course, because if it does, you just disqualify your ass. So it's like we got to, you know, just be creative. How let's, be, let's see how sneaky we can get to make it make sense. You know? Yeah. We, we like, uh, tried to find different ways. There were times we've had managers. We had valets and managers. And there were times with our heat spots where we would try to incorporate that third person in different ways. And it was always a little bit of a challenge to come up with something creative that we hadn't done before. That would be the distraction that a lot of times we were wrestling in the same, like we said, we were going to different places, but a lot of them were the same crowds that would be there weekly. And we'd have to come up with something different because you can't just do the same, have the manager throw you his pink shoe and smack the guy in the head spot. You got to come up with different things and come up with different spots and be more creative. And it allowed us to like expand psychology wise um, how we were doing our matches. And you can see a lot of what I mean by that if you watch how FTR wrestles. Um, everything they do has meaning. Every spot that they do um, is either a callback to something else that they did earlier in the match or something that they're going to hit or miss later on. Um, they're telling you a story beautifully from the beginning of it all the way straight through the end, and there's never been a time I've seen them do it where they're not. So um, that is a complete lost art in pro wrestling, and – only very few teams can hang with that style. I feel that we are one of those teams that can hang in that style because it's what we've done our whole career is like wrestling that way. But, you know, there's a lot of different styles where that would be really foreign to somebody or um, our best matches are the ones where we don't talk before them at all. And there's people in the business right now where that would make them feel pretty uncomfortable. So, um, we've had to adapt too, where we don't necessarily feel completely comfortable where we're laying everything out beginning to end, but sometimes that's how it works while we're in there. So you have to be adaptable, but um, ISPW has given us a really great place where we don't feel that tremendous pressure and we can just be ourselves and the crowds yeah. are always great. We can be creative. Yeah. Um, I, uh, ISPW made it fun again, really. Um, it's a blast. Great locker room's great. Tommy's great. Um, and uh, to show to be the ISPW champions, tag team champions going to the crack up is kind of awesome, you know, representing them going into this. So, um, we got to really make a proud represent why the tag team division in ISPW is just as good as anywhere. So, we really got to show ourselves, um, and show like you know, the Briscoes that we're, we're a real deal here. So, um, I just can't wait. And we got the headbangers, man. I was yeah, gonna mention we're, talking we're about back from the Crockett Cup to go to the I can't, say, wait, to, I can't wait to not I can't dream wait to not matches, yeah. the past. <laughs> so you're saying you know talking about dream matches, Briscoe's FTR. I'm that? sorry, you what were you saying? The I said we're gonna knock the headbangers back to nineteen ninety six, ninety five. Nice. 
<laughs> well, I was going to say, talking about dream matches, Briscoes, FTR, you know, we're talking about guys, you know, you guys want to wrestle, you're about to wrestle. I was going to say, in Totowa, New Jersey, 325, Headbangers is going to be one of the, you can cross off the list, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I never in a million years would have thought that would be a possibility or something that we would get a chance to do. And sure enough, you know, uh, ISPW and Tommy came through with like, he's like, you want to see a, ma- a big match? I got this one for you guys. Headbangers are coming in. And like, um, we've, you know, we followed their careers just as much as we followed anybody else from that Attitude Era. And, um, and their work outside of WWE too. Like, we're not very... Uh, it's not lost on us. We've, we've seen what they've done. We know what they're capable of. And I'm not, I've seen enough action at ISPW to know that like, um, just because somebody has been a veteran doesn't mean that they can't go. And, you know, we've seen the guys in that locker room at ISPW, like, um, crowbar. And even at the last show, I was the house Scotty too hot. was wrestling, man. You would have thought he was 15 years younger. And, uh, it has nothing to do. I, I feel a lot of times pro wrestling gets pro wrestlers get aged out where we talk about how it's a young man's game. And um, I feel like that's just what young people say, because in pro wrestling, yeah, I was a certain amount of charismatic and stupid and athletic and all of those things when I was younger. But um, now I have the benefit of, 20 years of experience, making a lot of mistakes, learning from those mistakes, finding out who I am, finding out what it feels like to connect with an audience, finding out what it feels like to um, completely fall on your ass and lose everything you ever had and work yourself back up and get get yourself back in shape and um, what it takes to have trials and tribulations and to be a good person in this life. And pro wrestling has taught me all of that and given me an opportunity to redeem myself and pro wrestling has given me so much that um, you know, the, where we're at right now and this opportunity that's in front of us and what Tommy did for us at ISPW by giving us a chance to, like, prove ourselves again, it really ignited our careers where, you know, through a bad injury that I had to myself and I was taken out for about two and a half years where I couldn't do anything. Um, and I didn't know if I'd ever get a chance to do this again. And I dipped my toe back into the wrestling water, like, very gently, and Tommy pushed me in. And just kind of like at ISPW was like, you guys are awesome. Let's do this rock and roll. Like just take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. And um, getting to have the headbangers, that match, man, like uh, you would, if you would have told young me that that match would ever happen one day, it's going to be, I would have never believed it. And I can't wait to see like if they can hang to be honest, because like they come with a, a big name, they come with a lot of fanfare and they come with a reputation. And um, I've wrestled lots of guys with reputations and I can't wait to see, um, you know, what they got. And if, if they're um, at that caliber, I, I tend to, I, I'd have to think that they are, you know, they're, they're not coming into like, just like whip, shake, wave at people and shake baby's hands and stuff. So um I'm excited, man. It's a big two weeks for us. I think they could still go, though. I, I can say that. I think they still can go because uh, I've seen them yeah. not, not that long ago. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, they, they still they still got they look pretty much look the same, too. You know what I mean? They're not you know yeah. looking any different. They almost look like they did back in the day. A lot of I feel like uh, maybe some of the uh, time off for the last few years where like we weren't doing shows and stuff helped out a lot of guys where 
they paid attention to their bodies, got themselves, you know, eating right, nutritionally okay, doing some yoga, maybe getting back in the right shape, a little bit of self-confidence, all of those things, man. Like, um, you know, the, the wrestling is tough on you mentally. You go through a lot in this career, like your ups and downs and um, personal life mixed with professional life. It's hard to just keep all that stuff separated. And um, I give I give anybody who gets still gets back in that ring and still wants to do it at a high level all the credit and respect in the world. And I don't take anybody that is in that way lightly at all. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be pretty awesome. It's funny, as a lot of people have said exactly what you said about ISPW, their love for wrestling is back. Maven told me that, Danny Morrison, a.k.a. Danny Doring told me, you know, a couple of guys mentioned that they kind of lost that favor, or you know, they maybe they were in WB, or maybe they were on the indies, or maybe they were just doing their regular thing at home and, and living their life, like, yeah, i kind of done with wrestling, I lost my passion. But they all said it's kind of been brought back by, uh, by Tommy here in ISPW, which is pretty nice, pretty refreshing. Yeah, it's the first show that we did back together, we were all sitting in the locker room, it was weird, like, we before the show even started we were sitting around and all of us were just like we're friends we've all known each other for 15 20 years and some everybody's career has gone all different ways you know but like we're all sitting there and we're just like telling stories back and forth and we're like ribbing each other giving each other compliments telling old stories like somebody would go out and wrestle and we'd all watch and come back and joke about whatever and like the locker room man just made it so much so much fun and um tommy holding up his end of the promoter part where he's actually promoting great shows and packing the buildings and like um runs the locker room correctly make sure that there's no people in there that don't belong there like all of it is just so professional it makes the world a difference when you're trying to um climb the ladder in this business where you have professional promoters who treat you with respect treat you like a professional and run their shows that way versus people who are just um trying to play promoter and you see all kinds of it and I, I feel like as you go through this business you figure out what shows you want to do and the people you want to work for and the ones that you don't and uh, I don't no part of me has to do anything that I do I don't have to wrestle I don't have to go out there and do anything um, I don't do it for the money I do it because I love it I do it because it's in my blood and in my like in my veins like there's no way I could ever not do it um do it for the absolute love of it and that's the most um entertaining people i feel are that way they do it because they love it and as much as those guys don't want to admit that they do it for free they'd fucking do it for <laughs> sorry for this yeah no problem you mentioned the the injury and i don't want to you know bring back bad memories but what happened yeah. though on that injury i know you were i think you were out right almost two years yeah i uh I was wrestling. We were in a tag match for it was a ladder match, and I jumped off the top rope to the floor. And someone, uh, uh, however it went, they moved out of the way, and I landed real weird on the guardrail and shattered my leg into fifteen pieces. And uh, they put some, you know, I had to go through like a couple weeks where it's like in traction kind of thing. They put some steel plates in there, and uh, three months later, I was cleared to walk. And when I got cleared to walk, I had a personal tragedy in my family and I had to take care of uh, a funeral arrangement. And when I was at the, the funeral director's home, I took a step down the stairs and broke my leg again. And I had to have a steel rod put in from my knee to my ankle and um, that got infected. So the uh, 
every day it was kind of like, well, we might have to cut your leg off today. Um, and it went on for like two or three weeks. I had five surgeries just to like get, get through, get the infection and like all of that stuff. And, uh, it never reached the metal. If the infection gets to the metal in your body, they have to take all the metal out and I would have been in a real bad way. So, um, by the grace of God, that didn't happen to me. And once it started to heal up and finally, um, get better, it was November of 2018 when I could walk a little bit. Um, so December 1st, 2017 was when I did it. it took almost a full year before I could even walk. And then, uh, as far as like being able to run, being able to like do anything wrestling wise, it was a really, really, really hard process to go through the physical therapy and go through all of those things and, um, push myself. I had gotten, um, very overweight when I broke my, my leg. I had gone through some depression. Um, I was battling alcoholism and I went through a divorce. So I had a lot of personal tragedy, not tragedies, but personal situations all kind of at the same time. Uh, March 17th is three years sober for me, which is so cool. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, And I've really taken control of my own life and gotten myself into the best shape I've ever been in. Uh, My leg is in, I would say about 90%, which is like kind of blows the doctor's minds. They have no idea how I can do what I can do. Um, but it's been really like a crazy few years just to like uh, know if I want to do this, know if my body can handle it. Um, I have three kids. I have three little ones that are all eight, six, and five. And they want to see daddy do this. They want to see um, yeah. the daddy action figure one day and all that stuff. And like, you know, your motivation for why you do this changes a lot throughout your career and i wouldn't say that i'm wrestling because of my kids but it is pretty cool that at some point they would see it and think it's cool and like know that daddy overcame a lot of things that um were really hard and that when you stay focused positive and just don't give up that you can do anything and that's really what i want to be as an example to them so man that's an intense last few years Oof, boy that's a, a lot to handle there. My God, I, that's crazy. Well, you went through a lot. It was just a sprain. <laughs> <laughs> Even outside of the injury, though, the the life stuff. Oh my God. Yeah, I, did, did, I never forget when, I, I, when he when he uh, broke his leg in a billion pieces. Um, I'm at the hospital. And I look at the X-ray before he looked at it. I go, mm, I think it's a sprain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was living on pieces of my leg all over the place, like all over the screen. It was no doubt about it being shattered. Looked like a, like a, looked like a glass shattered everywhere. I didn't really know what, like, I didn't really know I was looking at, but I knew it wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like, unless the x-ray broke, you know, just there was some fragments in there. That'd be something. Is there a way we could blame Tommy Dreamer for this, for that happening? Is there a way of that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, but if he had just been running House of Hardcore on the regular, I would not have had to do that indie show, and yep. wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to be in that match. So yeah, Tommy Dreamer's fault. <laughs> I think we should blame Tommy Dreamer for everything. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, now, Tommy. We love you. Now, just to kind of rewind back a little bit, like you said, you guys were friends before wrestling. But when did you guys really meet? And then when did you set, decide, hey, we should be a tag team together in wrestling? So it was '05 when you first started. But when did you first meet? 
Uh, I would say, you know, we, we went to middle school together, and we were always picking on each other, like doing stupid crap. And then, um, and you know, high school, we were like having being good friends. And then he went his way, and I went my way. I went to Johnny Ross. He went to you know, um, up Albany, and then transferred to OVW and all stuff. So when he was in OVW for years. I was like traveling. I was hooked up with Tony DeVito, who took me under his wing, who uh, was basically my father in wrestling, you know. Um, so I did three years of Giant Rise, and I started doing Tony DeVito travel with him. Then he, then he got, then him and Loke, the Carnage crew, got you know a part of Ring of Honor. So I started doing Ring Crew for them and just doing my thing. And um, so I went that way. Vic went that way. And in 2005, Vic decided to, um, you know, move back to New York. You know, so I'm like, all right, well, I got this camp thing. I'm going to go, this Dr. Tom camp, you know, I'm going to go do this for a little bit. Yeah, uh, see what he says. And I come back, I'm so pissed off at the world because he's, you know, Dr. Tom saying you need a personality. You need, you need to, like, you know, be like the next Mr. Perfect, Nick Rick Rude, next someone, you know. And I got really mad, and I was, like, at myself for not having, like, a character or something that was unique and something new. And I was, like, and I got, like, kind of, like, Drank a little bit, you know. I was watching Wayne's World, you know, and uh, he gets out of the he he, he uh, goes to Wayne when Wayne's obsessed with the guitar. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh, and yeah. Garth goes, "Live in the now, Wayne. Live in the now." <laughs> and so I sparked me. I'm like, "Screw that! I don't want to be like anyone else. I want to be like myself." So, so I'm like, "How do I go about this?" You know, I, I got this gimmick now. It's like cool. I talked to Devito about it, and Devito's like, "You got to run with that." I'm like, "Oh man, something's missing," you know. Uh, so it doesn't feel right. So like, you know, Vic came at the same time, same time that was getting manifest, the whole thing in my brain. And then, um, he was, Vic was going to naturally tag team with Mike Bell, you know, um, uh, Poughkeepsie, um, well-known, um, enhanced performer, you know, but also he was really good, but you know, he just needed that one shot, you know, but, um, but I was like, well, you can team with him, but you can team with your high school buddy and we can call ourselves the now and just start, you know, start doing this thing for real, you know? And um, Vic was right on board, you know? And I, I, I contacted uh, this guy, Ron Buffon, who um, used to work for ECW and, you know, all, I'm sure you know. Um, and I, and uh, as, as, I, as ironic as it is, at the same time, this is all manifesting. I was working for him because he owned a pizza shop. I was making pizza for this guy. And, um, and I'm like, so Ron, you know, what do you think of this whole now thing? You, Vic and myself are going to start doing, calling ourselves the now where everything represents right now. You're always living the now, you know, all this stuff. Um, he goes, you need a trademark it. So I'm like, shit, getting so much anxiety. Cause now I think someone's <laughs> going to steal it right instantly. So I'm yeah. like, oh, well, all right. So I went, so we hooked, so he hooked me up with a, um, a lawyer that, um, helped me trademark it. So Vic and I trademarked the now right there and then. And, um, and ever since then, we've been the now, you know, like, I mean, just traveling the traveling the country, you know, um, I know it was quick rundown, but that's basically how it is. You know? Hey, I love it. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool. Vic, are you the Wayne or, or the Garth of, of the team? Definitely the Wayne. Definitely I'm what? Close. I can't the hear said Wayne, Wayne. <laughs> so that yeah, means you're the Garth. Garth. I own that. <laughs> <laughs> He did technically say the catchphrase, so you kind of have to be Garth, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's Give it up, yeah, Wayne. Right. You'll never afford it. <laughs> Live in the now. Live in the now. Oh, that's that's, that's really how exactly about, where I was standing when he told me that. Wild, man. They always say you should, it's not a bad thing to look for a gimmick on TV, you know, through movies and all that stuff. So, man, it really yeah. happened that way. Yeah. 
Dusty Rhodes used to do it all the time. The cool thing about when we started teaming up was that I had just come from OVW, and it was an OVW time where the um, the heartthrobs, uh, the they were called the Dicks, but it was Tank Toland and Chad uh, Wicks that they were the Blonde Bombers in OVW. You had uh, Eminem also was right there. So I was there for the creation of the heartthrobs and Eminem at OVW, and I watched how Jim Cornette created them. I watched how he did the vin- their vignettes. I saw how he introduced them to the crowd in singularly and then together. I saw just everything that he did as far as and, and the guys too, I'm not taking the credit away from the performers either. It was all a collaborative effort, but to see how it all got put together. And I, I really felt the Eminem team was just so epic and so awesome. Um, that, and the time that we were all together, we were all wrestling together every single day. I wrestled Eminem in a dark match the night before they debuted on SmackDown and won the tag belts from, uh, I believe it was Eddie and Chris Benoit. Um, you know, I was, I, and we wrestled Joey Matthews, Joey Mercury, his first independent show after he was released from WWE. It was um, him and Romeo Roselli from the Heartthrobs against us on an indie show. And um, which was, which don't forget, uh, Vic, man, split in, yo, it's like that kind of thing where like it's uh, it comes if we if Vic and I didn't go down south and learn a lot of things that I was just you know I'm not gonna I hate exposing the business a little bit, but I mean uh, like calling in the ring, you know, switching on the fly. Um, that was a perfect opportunity for us to show our skills because Joey Mercury was so over when he came out and he was supposed to be the heel with, you know, with, um, he's supposed to be the heel and, uh, they get in the ring and, uh, we, they, they turned on Vic and I, we were the faces. So we had this whole match kind of possibly maybe planned out in the back and we go out there and we're like, yo, Joey Mercury's like, this is how awesome Joey Mercury was. And this is how much he trusted Vic. Cause he, you know, he works from the past and I'm throwing, I'm throwing in here, you know? And he was like, tell we're switching it. We're switching it. So the ref comes over. He goes, all right, we're switching it. Called it all in there. They were the they were the faces. We were the heels. And we just did it on the fly. Called it all in there. And uh, I'll never forget the pop that Joey Mercury got when he came out through that curtain. It was humongous. And not to mention, man, that guy's in shape. <laughs> Still is. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. But, yeah, um, it was that time, man, was just crazy to watch, like, uh, just to see how they put teams together. And, like, how, so, like, when we got together as a team, we wanted to focus on our entrance because the heartthrobs had one hell of an entrance. <laughs> the Eminem had one heck of an entrance. You guys see our entrance at the crack cup? I'm not giving away <laughs> our entrance. You can see our entrance at the crack cup. But nice. we wanted to focus on entrance, man. Like, it, it was the thing that we wanted, like, synchronicity as a tag team. You want to see a tag team in sync. We wanted to have matching gear. We wanted to look like we were a team. We've been best friends since we were little kids. That's even better than brothers because we actually choose to be around each other. Like we, we were, we wanted all of those things as a team and we focused on it. We put it together consciously. We did all of those things. Like that was the point of why we were doing it. And I didn't want to waste that education I got in OVW on tag team wrestling. And when we were putting our starting out as putting our team together, it all just seemed perfect. And, you know, Hale was at the point in his career where he was um, getting out there and needing to, like, wrestle in front of people. And, like, being able to, like, have 
me as his partner where he was able to like trust me and know that like we're learning on the fly like we're doing this every night and we're like we're teaching each other we're learning this as we're going and without that trust with each other as partners you know animosity could come in there frustration all of those things and we didn't have one ounce of that we were just trying to get better and be as good as we can every single time that we could send a, a video to terry taylor or to wwe we were i mean that old terry taylor back in the day, every day <laughs> So call that know, every Terry day for a real long time. <laughs> we see you calling Terry Taylor every day. Yeah, he's calling every day to harass him. They'll check out our stuff. Yeah, what would he like, say? Hey, Mr. What? What did, like what would he say? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, he would say, you know, just small talk and you know, uh, you know. We'll get you down here. We'll get you down here. But I really like Terry Taylor. He was a, he was always nice to us and good to us, you know. He was one of the good guys, you know. But Did he watch actually, it's funny when I go back to it. He must yeah. have he must have like a hundred voicemails by me. How horrible! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he, watching the stuff, right? Yeah, he brought us down to Impact. We were extras, and um, you know, we found ourselves right in smack dab in the middle of a booking meeting at Impact, and we had no idea what we were doing there. We were totally unprepared for it. We were just like, "What's going on here? Why are we in this meeting?" <laughs> like we're sitting next to like Kevin Nash and um, all those guys, and like you know, they really just wanted to see. Who's who? Who's who? Who's real in this business? Like who's like here to like actually like make money, make some money? We we were just like two bright-eyed kids. Like why are we in this room? Like we didn't know enough to be like, this is how we can make you money. Like we didn't know enough of that then. We do now. Put me in that room now. I'm probably gonna have a hard time getting me out of there. But you know, Terry Taylor those phone calls paid off and as much as he was like, send me your stuff and follow up, send me your stuff and follow up. Like it got us where we needed to be and in that right environment. And it was at the time where TNA was looking for teams and it was as weird as this may sound, it was between us and generation me. And they went that way and we went back to the Northeast. So it was just kind of how that went. And um, we didn't go back there for a real long time. It was, you know, we just went back to Northeast and did our thing. So, um, but yeah, we, we were always being, uh, on top of that stuff as we were putting our team together, we were sending our stuff to WWE. We did the FCW tryout camp in 2010. Um, we've the last time, last time I did a extra work was 2016. I think I was, uh, in the scene with John or Dean Ambrose and, Terry Funk, when they, uh, in Philadelphia, put a chainsaw through the bar. <laughs> and uh, Dean Ambrose was going to wrestle Brock Lesnar that year. Yep. Um, I was in there for the, in the background there. But you know, we haven't been back there in a real long time at the, in a big league environment since all of that stuff that I just mentioned to you went down. So um, I'd say that we're like chomping at the bit, man, would be an understatement. <laughs> Would you like to wrestle those Generation B guys, the Young Bucks? Would you like to wrestle them? Of course. Oof. In a second. That's the best. That's why I want to wrestle. I just want to wrestle the best. In a second. It would be awesome. That's all I have time for. Yep. It's funny looking back, though, when they were Generation B. They kind of didn't know what they had with them either. You know what I mean? They didn't nope. really know what to do with them. Nope. And th those matches that they were having with the Motor City Machine Guns, man? Go back and watch that stuff now. Holy cow. It was at, at an incredible pace with an incredible amount of like 
synchronicity between the teams. Those were amazing matches that don't get the respect they deserve. It was probably, I mean, it was the catalyst for them and getting to Japan and all of those things because people saw that work and saw how good it was and somebody was going to make money off it. Do you think that AEW is on your radar like to go to? Because it seems like the tag team hub, they have like 100 tag teams, not 100, but I mean, they have more tag teams than WWE. WWE seems to like we'll focus on three teams at a time. Like AEW has a whole roster of tag teams. Yeah, man. Like that, they did a tag team battle royal just like a few weeks ago, where it was like fifteen teams in there. It's a different. It's two two different philosophies. It feels like with uh, the the brass that are in charge of the companies, and it seems one company sees value in tag teams and the things that we we talked about: the synchronicity, the uh, matching duos, the stories between the partners, and things like that. And there's a, a view on another one where it could be there's just as much value as taking two single guys and throwing them together and giving them a mashed up name. And, um, and it's just, just as rewarding. We just get the same amount of return on the investment and that's cool. It's two different philosophies. We happen to feel that the, the one that embraces tag team wrestling is a great, great environment. And, um, the fact that there's a company or several companies that are focusing on tag team wrestling now, it's, it's so cool. And it's, the NWA, you know, it's I hold it close to my heart because they're the first ones who are taking a chance on us. They're the first ones giving us that opportunity. And like I'm a very loyal person. And when someone takes a chance on me, just like ISPW did, when someone takes a chance on me and gives me their vote of confidence and say, Hey, I I see something in you, like go give it to me. Like, here's your chance. Go get it, go do it. Like You'll never see me work harder. You'll never have anybody out working in that environment. I'm, I want it. So um, the NWA is a great place for us to do that. And if that leads to another bigger and better opportunity that um, opens doors for us, I'm willing to listen to them all. Hell, what do you think? AEW, NWA? Are you leaning anywhere? Where, where you guys well, I definitely got to agree with Vic here. Like, I'll, like, NWA give us the opportunity like, when no one else really has on that kind of platform. Um, you know, um, very loyal guys. So, uh, I love an opportunity, you know, <clears throat> with AEW and, you know, impact and all that. But right now my point of focus is NWA. You know, I want to exceed there. I want to wrestle the best teams there. I want to, uh, see what we could get the most at and, you know, NWA. And, um, if they believe in us after, after this weekend, I'll be happy to, I would happy to see what they got there and to see what, how we can, exceed our limits there you know and maybe open door to other opportunities but you know when living in the now right now is what we have in front of us and i really i really just want to do very extremely well which we will and um and that's what my main focus is right now vic on the list of teams you want to face obviously briscoe's you're going to be able to check off soon Headbangers soon, hopefully Young Bucks, maybe FTR. Who else is on the list? I mean, there's so many good tag teams out there now. Anybody else you have your sights set on? Uh, 2.0. I feel like we yeah, have a really I love the rest of those guys. <laughs> I feel like That's a good one. They remind, yeah. they remind us a little bit of ourselves, you know. Um, I could see that. Uh, I, I, I would love to wrestle those guys. That's actually like one of the top of my list to work. Yeah. Is those and, two. Uh, I like them. I like to work at uh, NXT, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm not really familiar with the independent work. That's, that's on me. But, like, you know, um, but I love the NXT work. I, and I thought they should have had a bigger shot there. And I think that AEW saw 
saw it and they took full advantage of it. And it's like amazing for them. And I'm so happy for them because I think they were so good, you know, and um, it was, I, I just didn't like how they weren't given it, you know, and they always given them it and it's freaking awesome because those guys are fucking fantastic. <laughs> Can't put yep. them over enough. They're so entertaining on the mic, entertaining in the ring. They're good workers. They're good timing. Their timing's great. And um, it's just awesome. I can't say good things about those guys. And I've never met them, but uh, as as, I, as looking at their work, I'm a big fan of them. And now they're with Jericho, so they're getting a yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that, up. too. I saw a picture of the wall today, and I was like, man, I could throw those guys. Being with Jericho, you know, expands their brand, you know, and and it's like, I'm so happy that, like, good workers got a good opportunity. In the uh, NWA, too, I'd like to wrestle the fixers. I think that would be a really awesome match with uh, Wrecking Ball and Jay Bradley. We do really well against teams that are like big, big. guys. Oh, I'll love the rest great of those guys match. too. <laughs> like, there's a lot of good teams out there, man. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and I'm so happy that we're getting thrown in this environment with such good teams. And like, we're starting off with the best. So, yep. you know, so uh, I love the rest of Wrecking Ball. And, you know, so it's. I feel like tag team wrestling is definitely having a bit of a resurgence here. Maybe not in WWE because they really only focus on a few teams at, at a time, but it seems like obviously Crockett Cup, they're, they're doing this. AEW, it just seems like tag team wrestling is, is picking up the steam for sure. Some of the Heat Seekers. Yeah, there you go. They're still out there. I just saw they did something with uh, Dr. Tom talking about the Crockett yeah. Cup. They they invaded JPWA. Yeah, we, uh, Sigmund, him, Sigmund and us go way back, you know, Sigmund. And uh, I can't wait to see that guy. I can't wait to wrestle him, too. <laughs> I don't know if Dr. Tom gave him the seal of approval, but he they did invade JPW, <laughs> and they yeah. were talking about the Crockett Cup. I did see that. Scums invading a good old Dr. Tom, huh? Yeah. We'll have to, yep. we'll have to talk to them about that. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to teach it, class. He's just... going to show up. I feel like what you just pointed out about there being a time for it being tag team wrestling and like the time being now is right on point. And we've had a lot of times in our wrestling career where we were a day late and a dollar short and we were just missed the boom or we arrived just before it or something like that. And uh, this really feels like it's the right place at the right time and we're in the right shape and like, it's the right opportunity, man. Like I just, I can't say that enough where it's, always felt like we had just missed it or we were just on the cusp and it didn't happen and like it's it really feels like this is the opportunity that we're waiting for and it's something that um we've had such great support from everybody that it's going to be something <laughs> this is the now if you will you know right this yeah, is the now. yeah this is it. so it will hit the wind down we'll head towards the finish got to mention of course I- of course, ISPWWrestling.com, Total One, New Jersey, 325, the big match against the Headbangers. It just seems like, I don't know, like a great place to wrestle, great place to go. New Jersey, obviously, my my home. I love New Jersey, but it feels like that has been a, a hotbed in the Northeast. Like wrestling in the Northeast, to me, you know, that's, that's wrestling, and ISPW is bringing it back. The crowds are like, it's a packed house every time. They're into like every single thing, even if they don't know who the wrestlers are, they're like cheering who they should be booing. Like they're playing along, they're interacting They're, um, you know, the sound systems on point, the music's on point, like the, the show doesn't drag on. There's no needless segments. There's not like unnecessary violence. It's a great family show. I cannot say enough great things about, um, 
ISPW and the fan experience and the professionalism of the whole team there. Um, the posters that Tommy's put out have been just incredible. I have, there's one of them hanging on my wall already from, you know, just for being so unique and so different. And um, it, it's just, it's such a great thing to see a, a promotion, like take advantage of a place that's hungry and thirsty for wrestling too. You know, New Jersey's always had a great pro wrestling fan base and having, um, you know, ISPW be able to take advantage of that. And it's not super far from us. The crowds get, get packed in there and it's a whole and like audience that we haven't really been in front of when we spent our time in the Northeast, we were in New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Like we went that way towards the new England scene, some Pennsylvania, but never tremendously a lot of Jersey. Um, I wrestled in Jersey. Like when I first started a couple of shows, like big slam Vader was on the show. Oh my God. <laughs> and I wrestled the hyena. Oh, okay. The hyena and drew blood was a match. I wrestled in, uh, jersey when i first started but i mean we haven't had a lot of time where we wrestled in jersey so it's all new fan base for us and um the crowds have shown up they've been awesome everything about it's great so um the fans come out and interact with the people you know they're at the table they're signing autographs they're meeting with everybody so the ispw show is just it does a great job before we let you go, Hale, give us all the plugs, social media, everything like that, you know, where everybody can find you, find the now. Uh, I, I got Instagram's Hale.Collins Instagram. I got um, Hale Collins on, on Twitter. There's only one Hale Collins on Twitter, really. Uh, Vic is the best at this plug-in social media <laughs> thing. Uh, you can probably plug in mine for me at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're on Facebook as Vic Hale. So you'll find both of our first names on Facebook. Um, we're not under the now. It's Vic Hale. We share the Facebook. We interact with everybody as a team. Um, and then on Twitter, at, at the now Vic and at Hale Collins. Instagram, at Vic Delicious and Hale underscore Collins. See? Perfect. Nailed it. Yeah, and you can go it. to, you can watch ISPW. Um, they're having a weekly YouTube show that'll be up where you can just check out ISPW there. Um, we've already filmed some things that are going to be in there and our matches that are going to be coming up will be featured, which is going to be so cool. Um, and for the NWA Cracky Cup, you can be there live and in person at nwatix.com or Fight TV. Watch it live from the comfort of your living room. Awesome. Well said. Of course, Crockett Cup, you guys versus the Briscoes and ISPW 325 Total in New Jersey, ISPW versus the Headbangers. You guys got a lot coming up. Yes. <laughs> and a lot to look forward to. And it's pretty good to be living in the now. So thank you, Hale. Thank you, Vic. Appreciate all the time. Appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.